Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Perfect. Hello, hello. First, can you guys all stand up? Just real quick. Stand up. Everyone, real fast. Are you guys ready? Turn around. Just turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. All right, sit. No, all the way. 360. So sorry. So sorry. Um, sit. And you guys can sit back down. All right. So I'm keeping you on your toes. Because I believe... The way, just the way God kind of inspired me through planning this message, I believe that um, uh, he has something good for you, good for you guys in store. So, are we recording? My mother made me promise to promise this, to record this, and so she could listen to it. So, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get right into uh, the word. So, God, thank you so much. I love you so much, God. Thank you for your love for me and for these students. Allow them to focus and hear your words, and to hear your promises over them in their lives. God, use me as a vessel, and may it not be my words that they hear, or my mistakes that they hear or see, but it's, it's your words. So, in your name we pray, amen. amen. All right, so a little context, a little background in where we are. If you guys haven't been here for a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Brandon um, started in Exodus 3, talking about Moses. And anybody know anything about Exodus, Moses, what happened? So if you don't, I'll, I'll explain just the beginning of it. So Exodus is this beautiful story, okay? Moses is a person. You guys are people. You got that, right? So um, we have this background, and we see that, sorry, one more time, where we are, Pastor Brandon led us at camp a couple weeks ago about pressing in and going deeper. And he used Moses and his experience with the burning bush. And something that I find very interesting is the way after that moment, God explains to Moses exactly what he's going to do through him. Read it. And then, spoiler alert, you read the rest of uh, Exodus, it happens and it comes true. But what I want to read for you today is Exodus 4, the continuation of Exodus 2. Okay, so I'm going to read it. Is it on the screens? We're going to read Exodus 4, and it's 17 chapters, which might be a lot. I want to say something before I get started. Don't let the words on the screen or the notes or even your own devices or each other get in the way of what God may have for you in this message. So if the words are moving too fast, if I'm going too fast, tell me to slow down and we'll turn the TVs off, I'll throw the mic away, and we'll just talk, all right? So Exodus 4, starting in uh, verse 1. So again, God told Moses what he's going to do. It's a lot of verses, but he tells him exactly what he's going to do. Starting verse 1, but Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? And then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff, and it turned into a snake, and Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. 
So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with severe skin disease. Now put your hand back in your cloak, the Lord said. So, And Moses put his hand back in his cloak, and surely enough, it turned back into his hand. It was, it was healthy as the rest of his body. And then the Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and you are not convinced by the first and are not convinced of the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with my words. I never have been and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, oh, I already said that. Um, the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in, the, in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you in both what to do. Aaron will be your spokesperson to the people. He will be a mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say, and take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. All right. That was a lot. My mouth is dry. So I'm trying to, I have a couple of working titles, I believe, of this message. Um, should I do the funny one? Should I do the, 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 the real one? Either way. Okay. Options. Okay, ready? You guys, I'll let you guys pick. It's multiple choice. Ready? You are invited. You have a story. What is your story? Your story slash his story slash history. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. That's so stupid. Uh, or God's invitation to you, or you're invited to his story. Pretty baller. I, I got to admit, those are pretty baller lines. Like, I'm making a sequel. All right. I, I, have, I have enough. So my main idea for this and what I want you guys to take with you, and, and if you don't hear anything else and you're just looking at how silly I look or, yeah, he has red hair, what the heck, I'm not going to believe him, whatever, <laughs> whatever you get from this, I want you to hear this. God wants to be a part of your story, okay? And then we also need to realize that God has invited us to be a part of his story, all right? So God wants to be a part of your story. Say your name. That's how personal, like, like your story, fill in the blank, your, your name. But so personal, but also realizing that we are invited to be a part of God's story. So it's personal, but then it gets bigger, okay? 
And we are invited to take part in the story of God by choosing to make God a part of our story. Okay? So because I know that was a lot of uh, verses and because I know that that was just probably a little bit, maybe too much at one time, I had to read this so slow to comprehend a little bit of that. So I simplified it just to literally make it simple and easy. So I literally have it like simplified version of Exodus 4. Okay? So I'm going to read them. And, and, and maybe it'd be easy to understand. So Moses 1, Moses doubts saying, what if they don't believe me? Okay, then God asked him to lay his staff down. And then he shows him a miraculous sign of his power. And then God tells him to do that sign. And he assures him that they will believe. And then God shows him another sign in case they don't believe And God shows him another sign. Shows him three signs, right? First he doubted, and then God's like, okay, boom, boom, boom. If that doesn't work, this is going to work. And if that don't work, this is going to work, right? But that's after God even gave him the first promise in the previous chapter, all right? So, but then what does Moses do? Where am I at? Okay, sorry. Oh, my goodness. And then, so, three signs and three promises. Then Moses, what does he do? He doubts himself and his ability to speak. And then God reminds him that it is not him that is created. It is him who's created each person. God here reminds him who made him. And God reminds him that he will be with him and he will instruct him with what to say. And then Moses again says, please, anyone else, please, like, he was trying to get out of this. And then God becomes angry. But he still helps him by sending and using Aaron, his brother. And then God tells him to take up his staff and go do what he has told him to do. All right? So my point one and my, my idea for what I'm trying to convey to you guys is that like Moses, we often discount and doubt ourselves and think we can't do what God has asked us to do. So we discount ourselves, and we discount God. All right? But God promises his presence and does it repeatedly. And honestly, he does this all throughout the Bible. We see this in all of Scripture. Like, God didn't say, hey, David, I want you to go kill that giant. I'm going to be way over here. No, no, no. He was with him. Any person in the Bible, you see, if he did an awesome thing, God wasn't down the street. God was with him. And it was through him that the awesome thing, the miraculous sign, the wonder was able to happen. And I think this transitions right into point two with saying, God wants to use and invite you and your story. And you may think God does not want to use you or that he even sees you, but his love for you and his desire is to show you this. Look at Moses. Look at his story before the situation. If you know anything about Moses, what happened in his life before this moment? He was born, and he was, first of all, his people were slaves for almost 400 years. 
and then he's a baby, and his, he had, his mother had to give him up so that he didn't die because at that time the king was trying to kill all of the boys, the young boys. And then, again, the miraculous happens, and he gets sent, and he becomes a part of the Pharaoh's family. And then years go by, and he's, he kills a man. And then he leaves, and then he gets to this place where he's like, yeah, I got, I got a wife, I got a job, I'm chilling. I'm cooling. All right? But God wanted to do more with his story. He wanted to use his story. See, Moses didn't just survive his story to get to being just a shepherd. And, and, and God wants more for you and your story. He wants to use your story and to show you that you're a part of his story. So God sees you and he wants you to know that he has a great plan for you and your life and your story. And he wants to invite you into his story. And the third point that I have is you may ask God to pick someone else or even feel that it would be better if someone else did it. And you may not feel able, but the Bible shows us that God wants to use us. Look at the Bible. like It's named after certain people because that's their story. God used them. They were just ordinary people. Like us, God's asking and wanting to have a relationship with us and to use us and to use our story to do amazing things. And he wants to help us. And all throughout the Bible, he uses kings, he uses the brave, yes, but more times than I can think of, he uses the weak, the bruised, the hurting, the small, the ones with the hurt past, the ones who have lost, the ones who are missing and feel alone. He wants to use you your hurt and your fear and doubt, he wants to help you. He wants to use you in your story, and he wants you to be part of his story. And then my fourth point is, you're not ordinary. You're not ordinary. This is, this is what's so interesting, because God gives us the ability. God gives us the ability to have confidence in ourselves and who we are. He takes and uses the ordinary, and he does extraordinary He can do so much more than you can even comprehend with a simple thing. So how much more can he do with your dreams and your abilities and your gifts? Because like with Moses, he laid down his staff. That's the first thing God, God told him to do when he doubted. He said, what's that in your hand? Lay it down. So it was a staff. At that time, he was a shepherd. And what did it represent? In a way, you could say it represents his livelihood, his ability, his profession, maybe he, his dreams. Maybe he wanted to be the best shepherd and herder that anyone ever knew. With this stick, I'm going to do amazing things, right? What did God ask him to do? He asked him to lay it down, right? So we have to lay these things down that we have, giving them to God, and then picking them back up and using them for God. So you have dreams, you have abilities, you have a story, you have all of these things. You, you, like, you know this phrase, like, you're the main character. That's kind of ridiculous, like, kind of silly. And I'm not saying, like, yeah, 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 walk in that. 
but like also understand that like God wants to do something with you and he has you in mind. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to, no, 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 no. Like for everyone, like he's God, like he literally is looking at you and he's like, I love you. I want you to know that I want you a part of my story. So can I be a part of your story? And like, that's huge. And we see what that stick did. It cast the plagues, it did the miracles, it did these awesome things. But at the end of the day, without God, it was just a stick. So you have dreams, abilities, gifts, desires. You have, you have these things. How much more do you think he can do with you and your gifts and your dreams and your abilities? For me, this is something that, that I was given when I was in youth a long time ago. Not that long ago. But I wanted to make movies. I wanted to to do this cool thing. I want to do this awesome thing. And I realized that if I made it to the farthest, the, the highest mountain, that would be uh, whatever that would be. So if I was going to make movies, I'm going to make the best movie, then I'd win an award, right? And you see me on the Oscars and you say, oh, you know, that, that'd be so cool, right? But at the end of the day, I would just get a trophy. Like, that's what I would be chasing. And really, that isn't fulfillment. I would just be chasing fulfillment. But God, like when you place him first, you're able to then do so much bigger, to do so much more. So for me, I wanted to make movies, right? But really what that was, was I wanted to tell stories and I wanted to inspire people, okay? So then I said, okay, God, I need you first. And, and I believe that you can do greater, better, and bigger when I have you first. Because then, I just, I just want to follow you and your plans are bigger than mine. I don't know what I'm doing. Everything that I've conjured up is fit in this brain. Like, this is pretty small compared to the whole entire universe and even the universe that we even know of and can fathom of how big you think God's brain is. He sounds like he's got a bigger plan because there's a lot more room in there for him to conjure up a plan. So that's why I'm like, wow. My tiny head, God's head. Where am I going to go? Who am I going to try to trust? Or am I going to say, you know what? I need God's big brain, big brain energy. My goodness. Um, yes. Yeah, so, and that's what's so amazing because God's like, hey, you have dreams. Like each of you, like if it's an artist, if it's um, a doctor, if it's a nurse, if you just want to be a, like whatever it is, you want to be the best musician, you want to you do this, you want to do that, you want to do this, whatever it is, like God's literally like, that's awesome. I made you in a certain and unique way. I just want you to give those things that I gave you in the first place and give them back to me so that I can use them for a greater purpose and bigger thing. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, like, I don't want to be just stuck in my own head trying to make things of, out of my own, my own will. So a stick became the rod of God and the staff of God. So how much more can he do with your life? And you feel ordinary in life or unseen or without purpose or maybe like your dreams are not within reach or honestly, even life like itself is pointless. And, and I think it's easy to, to be blind to the understanding that, yeah, I must not be like that important. I must not be seen. 
because stuff isn't working out for me in my favor. I'm not, I'm not waking up and I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. Like, you, you, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, like, I don't even know if I want to do this. I don't even know if I want to do that. Like, and I think there's this ability to find yourself and like, yeah, life's pointless, whatever. But that's not what God has for you. God wants to help you. And like I've said before, and I'll say it again, I'll say it a couple times, he has a plan for you, a great plan for you. And then I said it in, in the um, first go through of the, the verse where he talks about with God got angry at Moses. And I want you guys to understand like that because I found this in my Bible and it's like a little commentary. So I'm going to read it and I think it's so good. And I want you guys to like, I'm going to read it word for word because I couldn't make it up any better. Literally, it's so good. Okay, ready? The anger of God is one of the most misunderstood aspects of his love. When Moses encounters God's anger, it is not the wrath of an indignant monarch. That's basically like a mad king, controlling crazy, like, you know, okay. But his intensity of a loving God. Moses was on the verge of missing a great destiny. Rather than leave Moses to his mediocre existence, God flashed his anger in an attempt to capture Moses' attention and provoke him to obedience, not because God was so egocentric that he wanted his will done at all costs, but because he cared enough for Moses not to let him miss his opportunity. The anger of the Lord is not to be avoided. It is to be embraced, for it is God's protective love and action. Yeah, it's good. I'll tell you that again. My goodness, the anger of God has been one of the things I'm like, God, I don't really understand that. Like, like you're angry. Like, well, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I trust you. But like this, to see that it's God's protective love in action. He doesn't become angry toward us. He becomes angry for us. Mic drop. Boom. Ready? He becomes angry for us because he does not want us to miss the best. God is slow to anger, but if we become obstinate or even simply neglectful, God expresses his anger as a means of spurring us into action. So let us receive it, glad receive it gladly. It is a sure sign of his love. God's anger may startle or nerve us, but his indifference would devastate us. <laughs> My goodness. Literally, like, God is so crazy in love with you and wants you to just wake up to that. And he's in love with you. He died for you. He created for you. He created you. I love it. I love it. I love it. So God's not mad at you. You got lamentations up there, Ezra? Right? I love lamentations, right? So lamentations 3.22. So I know God's not mad at you. And he's not mad at me because his faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. And great is his faithfulness and his mercies begin anew each morning. So you think he's angry at you? You think he's disappointed? You think that like anything you've done is like, ugh, done, fired. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? Literally, his mercies are new each and every day. I was talking to Matt Tillery. You guys familiar with? Matt Tillery, right? Okay, so he, he, he gave me this the other day when I was talking about this. He said um, in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has many plans for you. Plural, plans, plural. So you think you messed up one of them? 
plans. Boom. My God. <laughs> like, that's sick. God, thank you. Uh, I'm glad it's not on me because I would mess up. All right? So hear me in this. God is not angry at you. He loves you. He sees you. He knows you. And he wants you. Denver, he wants you. He just wants you to wake up and see that you are worth something and you have a purpose and you have a role in all of this. And here's what's freaking amazing. He's inviting you. Like, okay, I had you guys stand up. Like, everyone in this room stood up. And like, you have to really, and this hit me when I grew up because I grew up in youth group. I went to youth and I remember what it was like to literally be like, I don't really know why I go to youth. I just kind of go. Some of us can get in that, that understanding and that kind of like false reality. Like, this is a big deal. Like, you're here, and I tell you, and you know it to be true, your friends aren't. Not that we're not friends here, but a lot of your friends out there are not here. And like, that's okay. I'm talking about us right now. This is a significant thing that you're coming and doing. You're coming and you're standing in fellowship and community with Christians who are trying to live a way that, one, we come to understand more about God and understand more about us, understand more about our story, more understand about his story. And then the literally freaking amazing thing is, like, this is a big deal. And I want to treat it like that. I want to treat it in a way that's like, yeah, like, I'm not just doing this thing on Wednesday nights. No, no, I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to use whatever. I'm going to learn more about God, my creator, the one who holds me in his hand and comforts me. Like I said, he's not inviting you, and he doesn't want you to miss out. Just like Moses was trying to miss out, like, Here's an interesting thought that my pastor, uh, Pastor Dale, gave to me at one time. And it's just an idea, and he prefaces it that way. But it took 400 years for, for God to appear to Moses. So the question is, why did God wait so long? Um, you know, there was slavery going on, like a, really, a lot of bad stuff. What was God waiting around for? Another thought that you could have is, why did it take so long for somebody to stand up and and, and press into God and rise up to the call. Maybe there are more burning bushes. We don't know. Maybe Moses wasn't the first one, but he rose to the call. He desired, and he, listen, he didn't do it without begging God to be like, God, please, I can't do it. I'm so scared, right? But God gave him promises. God gives you promises, and he wants the same for you. And you're the future leaders. You're the future leaders. You're the ones who are going to bring the love of Jesus, and I believe miracles and the miraculous to those around you and to parts of the world that I will never know. You're afraid, and some of you don't even understand and that is okay. What the Bible, this is what the Bible says. It's not what I say. 
James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So he also gives us his spirit to us, and that helps us in our understanding. And he gives us his word that we can use to further gain an understanding too. So you might not know how to do it, but with the Holy Spirit in you, wisdom is in you. Like God wants to help you. God wants to show you how to do it. He wants to show you that he's with you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 tells us that God will go before you. He wants to help you reach higher and better things in life. And the reason he came to die on the cross was not just so that you would have a place to go when you die. And then following that, John 10, chapter 10 tells us that he came that you may have life and a life more abundantly. Like that means now. Like God's like, all right, uh, checked off the list. All right, they're saved. All right, I'm just gonna, I'm not really gonna pay much attention. They're good. No, no, no. God wants you to have a good life now and a life in abundance. So God promised Moses he will be with him. So God promises you that he will be with you. In the same way God promises Moses, God also promised, I don't know, probably like every person ever in the Bible that did something awesome, like read it, I don't know. I, did, I haven't read it. I haven't done all the work to, to prove it, but I'm pretty sure it's pro- probably true. God promises that he will be with you when he calls you to do something. So he will help you in walking by faith and also in the understanding of it. And last night, so I've been, I've been trying to work on this um, for a couple days. Not just like last night. I didn't do like, oh, crap, I have that thing to do tomorrow. What am I going to talk about? Hmm. No, like I've, been, I've really been trying to like formulate this thing because like I know what God has done for me in my life. And I, if anything, the way God has used me in my testimony I be- is, is sure enough fact that he will do it for you. So I was in youth. And God spoke to me and he showed me that I need to place him first and then follow in faith and trust in him. And honestly, a lot of my youth leaders are just like, hey, Sebastian, get it together, man. Like, I'm not saying that to you, but he said, sorry, a lot of my leaders are like, hey, you have a call of God in your life. You need to like pay attention to that because like you're going to miss out. And God has something really special for you if you just put him first and you trust him to ask him the same of you because that's for you. You're called by God. Like you have a story. Like you have a story. And I want you to know that by placing him first, you can become a part. You're a part of his story, but you can become, so it, it becomes so much bigger. It's not just your hurt. It's not just your past. It's not just the people who left. It's not just the people who hurt you. It's, that, that's, that becomes, oh yeah, God did this awesome thing through all that. And it becomes meaningful. God gives meaning and he gives so much purpose through that. So last night, again, you know, I often try to, try to pray and listen to God's voice. Usually when I'm trying to really be quiet, I'm, always, I'm also like, God, you're so good. Okay, sorry, I'll shut up, please. Like trying to listen to God is a different thing that I'm trying to get better at. So I, I tried to put 15 minutes on my alarm, my phone, and then 15 minutes was up, and I was like, oh, crap, I need more. So, like, 15 more minutes, and literally, like, I was like, why am I thinking of, like, Jesus walking on water and Peter? Like, that doesn't relate to anything. 
Like, I don't, I don't see how that relates. So then I would read it, and I would read it over and over again. So Jesus walking on the water, it shows us his mighty sign and miracle, and Jesus invites Peter to join him. And he says to Peter, do not be afraid and have courage because he is here with them. But when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he was afraid again and started to sink. But Jesus caught him before he would go under. Jesus shows us here that one, he is God, and also he has been, he has always been. And two, we are not alone. And that he will catch us and save us if we fall or are afraid. And God invites us in on this supernatural journey and venture, knowing that it is only able to happen with him, but also wants to include us. And what's so crazy and what I really connected this parallel is that's kind of the same thing that he did with Moses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to describe it because it's God gave it to me last night. And I feel like it's so cool. I'm just trying to understand it. But I, I think I, I'm just going to trust Holy Spirit in this. Okay, so two things parallel, right? Burning bush, God, Moses, all right? One side. Jesus walking on water, Peter, all right? Okay. How does God appear to Moses in a miraculous way, in a supernatural way, showing his divinity and showing a miraculous sign? All right, Jesus. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I can't walk on water. So Jesus, being fully God and fully man, shows us his divinity and that he's not just a man by walking on water and doing a miraculous sign. And then, literally, we go back to to my simplified version of what that story with Moses. And we see that God is asking him and telling him and promising him, hey, I want you, trust me. I want to do an awesome thing, trust me. I want to do like something that you're going to go nuts over, but just trust me, I know it's scary. And what does Jesus do with Peter? He invites him to join in the miraculous, but to trust him. Okay? I think it's really interesting what we can learn when we put our perspective into Moses and Peter. Because we, like Moses and Peter, we often become afraid and we doubt. And we we learn a couple things here. One, when Peter, no, sorry, when Moses doubted, God promised him this, 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 and reminded them who made him. When Peter doubted, he began to sink. And we see that God is one, quick to be there for us and to promise us his presence because he didn't let him fall. He got him. Like, you're not going to fall. Like, God is with you. And in your adventure and in, in your life and in the rest of your story, we need to understand that God is not going to just abandon us. And I'm still kind of formulating that, and it's still kind of going. And I'm trying to really understand, like, yeah, like, I think those two, those two stories show us an image of God in us. So... God wants us to do a miraculous thing, right? But he wants to promise, if we would just look to him and trust him, we wouldn't fall. 
down the water. We wouldn't go in the water. We wouldn't be afraid. And we would do the things that he's promising us he would do through us and with us and with our story. So that's, that's what I'm believing for you. And whatever it is, I, I, don't, I don't know what you feel like you're called to. I don't know um, how, how, how to really help you know what that is. But I'm promising you, promising you, whatever your story is and whatever you feel like God's laid on your heart to do and, and to be and to what skills he's given you, what dreams he's even given you, what promises, whatever it is, I don't know what this, those things are. But when we, when we give those things to God and we, we place him as our, okay, God, I'm trusting you, he becomes a part of our story. And then what he does with those things we become a part of his story because we're doing mighty things. So God invites you and he invites us. Like he loves us. He wants you to know that he is here for you. He's, he's with you in this. And I know life is hard and I, 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 I'm still living it out. Like I'm still in the, I'm still in confusion, but literally He's done so many things that I'm just like, wow, yeah, I just trusted you and somehow I got here and this is so much better than where I was. So, so thank you. And, and when times I'll doubt again, I just remember, oh yeah, he really did that and he did that. Yeah, I don't think his faithfulness is gonna end, but I know how scary it is in that time where you're like, but I don't know about this one. No, 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 no. His faithfulness does not end and his love for you does not stop. And I'm going to pray for us to close. And God, I just thank you so much that you see us, that you know us, that you call us, and you know us by name, and you call us by name too. God, I thank you for using our story so that we can be a part of your story. And that's really what it is. You want us to be a part of your story. And you want to do amazing and mighty things in our lives now, and for the years to come, and, and we're going to impact so many people's lives when we realize that it's only through you. And God, thank you for when we are in fear, you go before us, and you're with us, and you give us your Holy Spirit who helps us. And God, we thank you for that. God, your plans are for us. You have many plans for us, many good plans for us. And God, I thank you for, going, for your ability and your desire to use what has hurt us to help, to help us. And to help. God, I just thank you. And I, and I pray that we would be more aware of your voice, of your direction, and your love, and your story. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.